It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. Yeah, the president sounded like he's concerned about it, but no specifics, no change in policy. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. This paper that you were referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. You do not know what you are talking about. The gain of function research was going on in that lab, and you are obfuscating the truth. And if anybody is lying been. here, Senator, it is you. Dr. Anthony Fauci testifying on Capitol Hill, the other voice there, Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, talking about the origins of the coronavirus and what exactly the NIH funded uh, in the Wuhan lab and what that may have led to or didn't lead to and what Fauci testified to before or didn't testify to before. All of it uh, is in a new column by Josh Rogan, columnist with the Washington Post, also the author of Chaos Under Heaven, a great book about the Trump administration, China, and the early stages of the virus. Thanks for being here, Josh. Great to be with you. You know, that exchange really raised some eyebrows, I guess. Um, and, And there was a lot of questioning after it about what exactly NIH did do in Wuhan and what exactly Fauci was saying they did. You wrote about that today. Uh, Tell me your conclusions. Right, right. Well, we see these uh, shouting matches in these congressional hearings where the senators get five minutes each and they get covered like uh, UFC matches. But, you know, what I tried to explain in the Washington Post today was that there's a huge issue underlying what we saw when Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul started screaming at each other. And what they're really arguing about is not over whether or not the, the research that the NIH was sponsoring in Wuhan was quote unquote gain of function research or not. That's like a technical definition. What I explained in the article is that, you know, you could have a good faith scientific debate over if it is or if it isn't. But it's not the point, because what's underlying this question is the fact that we don't know what the NIH was doing in all of these Wuhan labs that we now know, uh, according to intelligence brought forth by the Trump administration, but confirmed by the Biden administration, built another side of the lab and misappropriated our collaboration and took our money and then turned it around and did other stuff on the other side of the lab, the coronavirus research with the Chinese military in the part of the lab we didn't know about. And a lot of people, including Rand Paul, quite rightly want to know what was Anthony Fauci's awareness of all of that? And what did he think he was funding? And is that exactly what he ended up funding? And what's clear is that not just Anthony Fauci, but also Francis Collins at the NIH, Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, and several other public health officials, people who are receiving U.S. taxpayer money, are totally refusing to 
cooperate in good faith efforts to figure out what U.S. government agencies were doing with the, the Wuhan labs, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And this is 18 months after the pandemic hit. And, you know, we're now f- still trying to figure out the origin. And now that we've come to a place in our discussion where we can say, okay, well, we don't know, right? We don't know if it came from a market or from a mink farm or maybe one of the back coronavirus labs in Wuhan that was doing all the risky research. What we do know is that there's a lot of information that our government agencies have about that lab. So what is Anthony Fauci doing when he's litigating the definition of -of gain-of-function research to tell us that he didn't do anything wrong? That's not the point. The point is, why are you not handing over to Congress all the documents that Uh, explain what we know about these Wuhan labs. And by the way, was it a good idea? Even if you didn't break the rules, maybe we need the rules to be looked at because apparently our collaboration with all of these Chinese labs was not what we thought it was. And by the way, they just told us to pound sand when we asked to go inside the lab because the doorstep uh, pandemic broke out on its doorstep. Yeah. And and the point you're making is we need to, as a country, prevent the next one from happening. So we have to look at the beginning of of this one. Just to rewind for people who maybe haven't been following all of this about gain, gain of function and what that is. Essentially, the definition broadly is that uh, scientists would take a virus and alter it, uh, the genomes, uh, alter the virus in order to change how it reacts. Uh, to humans in an effort, one would think, in the, in the best, purest of sense, uh, to prevent that virus from being a problem for humans down the road. Fair? Perfect. Okay. You know, um, and, and what, what the U.S. had done was, through a third party, fund efforts in the Wuhan lab. Exactly. And those efforts as published by the Wuhan Institute of Virology, took back coronaviruses and modified them in a way that made them more infectious to humans. Now, for any common sense definition, and when when a, a normal person hears that, they think, oh, well, they gained function, so how can that not be gain of function? And what Fauci did was he pointed to a specific definition that was written into the rules uh, that says, well, it, it's very, it has to be transmissible and viral, and, and you have to know that it uh, was going to turn out that way. And that has been your intention. In other words, the the official definition sets a bar so high that nothing qualifies. And that's why nothing got reviewed. And by the way, guess who wrote those definitions? It was the NIH, including Anthony Fauci. In other words, he set up a definition that could be so easily avoided. And in fact, he did avoid it by not submitting any of this risky research. And so, uh, you know, he, he he's bragging about a loophole. He's saying, oh, look, I found a loophole where I actually didn't lie and I actually didn't do anything wrong. But the problem is not that he found the loophole. The problem is that there was this huge loophole that allowed all of this risky collaboration with China with nobody doing that extra check. That was the whole point of pausing that research. Obama paused all that research because even 10 years ago, people were looking at it and saying, hey, this is really risky because lab accidents happen all the time. Anthony Fauci from 2011 was a huge proponent of this research, right? He's not neutral. He has a stake in this. Some would say he has a conflict of interest because his career, his legacy is based on this idea that the best way to predict pandemics is to gather up all the viruses and play around with them in labs, including with your Chinese scientists' friends. But what we're learning is that the Chinese scientists are not in charge of the labs. 
the Chinese Communist Party is in charge of the labs. And Fauci and his friends didn't factor that in. That's why when we're in the middle of the pandemic that broke out in Wuhan, we can't get into the labs, even though they're the best friends of Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak in this crowd. So that's a problem. That's a U.S.-China problem. It's not a science problem. Okay, And we have this uh, sort of attitude in Washington and in our discourse where we treat Scientists is infallible, but in fact, they're not. And public we sometimes we elevate our public favorite public servants to, as deities. And then, you know, we get mad at anybody who attacks them. But I'm here to say that there are a lot of good faith and bad faith attacks on Anthony Fauci. I'm not saying all the attacks are valid, but I'm saying that in this case, he is in what, what seems to me to be very clearly resisting good faith efforts from members of Congress who are trying to get to the bottom of how we got into this mess. And that should have been the question. That way we wouldn't have gotten bogged down in what is gain of function, what isn't gain of function. Because if it's a scientific discussion, I, Fauci's a scientist. He's going to be, you know, find a way to make sure that he's uh, right in that discussion. But if it's a policy discussion, well, then we have to take into account other things like our national security. And we have to change the way that we deal with these Chinese labs, whether the lab leak theory is true or not. The additional information was that the State Department knew um, and intelligence agencies knew that the, this particular lab, there were concerns about the safety and what was happening as far as their efforts to keep things safe in this lab. It was not getting a good grade when the last Americans went in. Well, that's right. I broke in uh, the story in April 20th, uh, April 14th, 2020, uh, that U.S. diplomats visited those the Wuhan Institute of Virology three times, and not only did they hear from their the, their own scientists that they were short on safety uh, supplies and personnel, but they wrote that they were concerned about the risky bat coronaviruses. Specifically, they wrote that they were concerned about the bat coronavirus research that the Wuhan labs had published, which was about making them more virulent and more transmissible to humans. I talked to one of the diplomats who went there. He said to me, quote, I thought there would be another SARS-like pandemic coming out of this lab. If I had known it was going to be the world's largest pandemic ever, I would have made a bigger stink about it. Now, that just tells you that when you have a year of some scientists telling you that you don't have to look at the lab and don't worry about the lab and shut up if you mention the lab, that there were always a lot of people who didn't feel that way. There were a lot of concerns about these labs going way back, which leads you back to the only rational conclusion, which is we have to investigate both theories. And it doesn't seem like the WHO is, going, WHO is going to be able to get that done because they failed for a year to do that and because they have no leverage. OK, and so that's what the Biden administration has to come in. And if we just sort of take a person like Anthony Fauci and don't realize that despite the fact that he can be a very good person and have been right on other things, that on this one issue of the origin of the coronavirus, that he ha has a bias and that that's. He, that's shown in the statements and his actions. And then we have to factor that into our judgment. And then we have to take in more information from other scientists and other officials who might have a different view. You add to that the politics of the moment and the fact that President Donald Trump at the time was saying that he thought it was coming from an accident in the lab or from the lab in some way, shape or form, and then throw in the the antagonism, the pushback that there always is to Donald Trump from the left and frankly, from the middle sometimes. Um, and that added another layer of, well, it can't be the lab. Donald Trump says it's the lab. Well, that's right. And it was also it was not only the fact that uh, being against being for the lab leak theory meant being for Trump, which was never true, but was a 
something a lot of people believed. Uh, there were a group of scientists, uh, friends of Anthony Fauci, led by Peter Daszak of the EcoHealth Alliance, who were the best friends of the Wuhan lab, who put out all of this you know, material saying that, according to us scientists, this is a conspiracy theory, okay? And those two factors, plus a lot of confusion at the time and some source bias and media confirmation bias and the general incompetence of the media that Brett, you and I have no exists, no nobody <laughs> likes to talk about. You know, if you put that all together, yeah, a lot of people got it wrong, okay? And that's not to say that we know the lab did it. Again, we don't know. It's just to say that it's a possibility. We can't rule it out, so we have to check it out. And, you know, the politicization of the lab leak theory or the origins issue is tragic. It's just as tragic as our politicization of vaccines or masks or anything else in our society that we should be in on together because it's a matter of our national security and public health. But here's the good news. Now, Donald Trump is if because Donald Trump is not president, being open minded to the fact that we should probably look into the lab with all the back coronaviruses doesn't have anything to do with Trump anymore. And so what I say is that, you know, let's take the politics out of it. It's not a politics political question. It's not even a scientific question. It's a forensic question. We need a forensic investigation and the Chinese are not going to let us do it if we just say pretty please. We're going to have to bring some pressure to bear. It would be nice if we could do that as a unified country, if not a unified uh, international community. Yeah. Now you're seeing more and more stories of senior Biden administration officials saying they believe it's likely that it somehow came from the lab. Again, we're not definitively saying that, but more and more officials on both sides of the aisle are coming to that conclusion just by the right. circumstantial evidence that they've seen from the beginning. Exactly. And what's really interesting about the Biden people, and I talk to them about this all the time, is that they don't have a stake in it. Right. They weren't around in 2020. They weren't in government. They don't know which is true. They don't care. OK, so that's why they can say, hey, I mean, sure, it looks like it could have been the lab. They don't they were never on one side of it to start out with. At the same time, they have no political incentive to figure it out. They have all, all the politics say to them, let's just get rid of this issue. They don't want to anger China. They don't want to deal with progressives who call the lab leak theory uh, uh, racist for a year and throw them under the bus. They don't think we're going to figure it out anyway. And what I always say back to them is tough. You know, it, you, it doesn't matter if it's good politics and tough if it's going to be hard and tough if the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like it because four million people are dead and counting. OK, 630,000 Americans and there's no statute of limitations on 630,000 lives. And every one of those coffins comes with a lawyer and people are going to want to know how, how we got into this. And so we can't stop trying. And even if it's going to be tough, even if the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like it, it's an urgent matter of our national security and our public health. We'll continue after this. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. So the politics obviously factors in, in in every aspect of it. And now Senator Paul has uh, put forward recommendations to the Department of Justice uh, suggesting that Dr. Fauci lied under oath in Congress. Is the loophole big enough uh, where he didn't lie? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me like that's overreaching <laughs> by a lot. OK, and this is because Rand Paul is uh, playing to the cameras, too. OK, he's a politician, too. OK, there's gambling in the casino. Yeah. Okay? And so he's getting points off of this. Fauci, by the way, is losing points off of this. But this is not, you know, he's not supposed to care about that thing. Right. It doesn't even though. But I, I would just say that there's a series of actions by Anthony Fauci that have 
called into question some of the, the choices that he's made. And again, there are some bad faith attacks against him. There are some good faith attacks him against him. I believe in my heart of hearts that Senator Rand Paul thinks that the lab leak theory is true and that Fauci is hiding something. And I don't think he's crazy to think that I do. I don't think uh, Merrick Garland is going to prosecute Anthony Fauci. I don't think anyone ever thought that was going to be a thing. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much a long shot. So, but so it's showboating. Uh, yeah. It, do you think we will ever get without the help of China to the bottom or semi bottom or near bottom of this you know, issue? That's a really excellent question, Brett, because it's it's the crucial question, which is how does this end? OK, so first of all, I would have to say that we don't know unless we try. OK, so that's the first thing is that that means bringing real pressure on Beijing to let us into the labs. That means sanctioning all the Chinese labs that tell us to go pound sand when we want to do an investigation because the uh, pandemic broke out there. OK, so at or near there. So first thing is first things first, let's try. OK, we haven't tried and and we can't pawn it off to the World Health Organization, the United States government, the United States of America is the only organization left in the world that's strong enough with our partners and allies to try to push back against the Chinese Communist Party, which is an organization that is uh, getting hungrier by the eating. OK, their appetite is growing. They're getting worse. They're getting more and more powerful and more and more repressive and aggressive. So uh, first we have to try. I think what we're going to end up with is not a smoking gun, because if the Chinese Communist Party found the smoking gun or was able to find it, they would have buried it in anyone uh, who knew about it. So what we're going to find is end up with is a preponderance of the evidence. Like, think of it like a trial. You never actually really have a video of the guy shooting the guy with the holding up his ID card to the camera. Usually you have the standard of beyond a reasonable doubt or a preponderance of evidence, depending on the situation. That's what we're going to have here. OK, we're going to have a preponderance of evidence in one direction or the other. And what I say is that if the let's say it's 80 percent, let's say it's 70 uh, percent that it might have come from the lab. What are we going to do? Nothing. Are we just going to keep throwing U.S. money into that lab? And here's the crazy part. What uh, Fauci and Daszak and all these virologists who are for gain of function research want to do is they want to pump another billion dollars into virus hunting and and in labs maybe to be headquartered in china that's the global virome project that's the plan to respond to this pandemic and that would only make the risk of, if the lab leak theory is true exponentially higher which which means we're gonna to have to do this for the rest of our lives so i'm just saying that before we go down that road let's think about it let's all take a a, a beat let's all step back and guess what? You know, we're going to have to take a look at all of those relationships with all of those labs. And even if Anthony Fauci doesn't like it, and even if it makes some, you know, people on the right look good and some people on the left look bad, that's that's not really the most important thing right now. The most important thing is preventing the next pandemic. Yeah. The the other issue is what China did. Let's take away the the moments where the whether the lab leak theory is right, right. Or, or elsewhere, but what China did in the immediate aftermath uh, to kind of hide its tracks or its data or its scientists or disappear scientists or how it handled travel interior and exterior. Uh, right. I mean, it's all part of that circumstantial case. Right. Exactly. So this is why I, it doesn't make any sense when people say, Oh, if you're for investigating the lab leak theory, you must just want to blame China because Regardless of the, the the how the outbreak, we can if you want to blame China, and that's not my goal. But if you could, there's plenty of evidence, and there's plenty of reason to do so. Uh, they're still not handing over the early data that could help us understand this virus. They're still not 
letting any of the scientists in China publish any research about this. Think about that. In the middle of a pandemic, you've got hundreds, if not thousands of Chinese scientists working on this. We haven't seen any of their work because it's all censored. All right. Not to mention throwing the journalists in jail and all of that nonsense. Okay, so, you know, uh, this is what we're dealing with. And this is what the Chinese government is uh, 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 doing right now. And, And this is what I think people should understand that this is a shared problem all over the world. And, you know, as I write my book, Chaos Under Heaven, you know, the disinformation campaign that came out of Beijing, which included blackmailing countries uh, to shut up about the origins, including bribing countries and included lying to the president of the United States. Xi Jinping lied to Donald Trump about the virus right uh, in the middle of the pandemic that had a real effect on our uh, country and our and, and exacerbating the suffering of millions of Americans. So uh, we just have to be clear eyed about what we're dealing with, which is a, a country run by an organization, the Chinese Communist Party, that has no regard for our public health. And uh, that means that all of our collaborations should be examined. It doesn't mean they should be cut off. It just means we're going to have to change our thinking so that we don't design a system where we send tens of millions of dollars into Chinese labs uh, and don't know what happened to it. And then when the pandemic breaks out there, uh, they won't even talk to us. That's that that's unacceptable. That's dangerous. Just as an unbiased observer of foreign policy, let's take away the the allegations about um, Hunter Biden doing deals with the Chinese or Joe Biden's previous ties with the Chinese. Let's take all that off the table and let's look at the Trump administration and President Trump, who oftentimes dealt with foreign policy kind of like a sledgehammer and foreign countries didn't know what was coming um, and which way he was going to go. So they were on their toes. Joe Biden is much more traditionalist in his foreign policy outlook. Is this administration, does it have the backbone to deal with some a country like China um, on this issue or others forcefully? You know, they're they're presenting as if they do, but they haven't been tested. You know, in my book, I document, you know, it's called chaos under heaven because there was a lot of chaos. But uh, the Trump administration did a lot of things right on China and the Trump administration did a few things wrong on China. And, you know, they weren't good with the allies. They just they just weren't. President Trump didn't really. Uh, care about that. They weren't good on 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 uh, when President Trump, um, you know, endorsed the camp, the Uyghur camps. But, you know, actually, his administration ended up doing a lot of good things on that later on. So it's a mixed bag. Right. But what I like to say is that the Trump administration reset our conversation about China in a way that was necessary and needed and can't be undone. And the Biden administration, to their credit, is endorsing that reset. They're they're in their Uh, continuing much of the Trump administration's basic thrust, which is that the era of engagement is over. We're in a competition. And if we don't want the hot war, we're going to have to do some things to protect ourselves now, to stand up to China now, uh, to uh, reorient our economy and our military to deal with the problem at hand, which is that China is becoming more aggressive and interfering in our societies more. And, you know, I don't even mind talking about all of the corruption uh, because I it's part of the story and what the Chinese government, Chinese Communist Party does is they seed both parties with cash institutions, schools, companies, our markets, our tech companies, Hollywood. They try to compromise our elites and Republicans and Democrats, and they're not picky about it. OK, they'll throw money at whoever will take it. And so we have to educate our populace about that and then stop that. OK, so this is a very complex problem that we're going to take a generation Uh, to deal with. Now, as for the Biden people, I think they see that problem clearly. But when I say they haven't been tested, I mean, they haven't had to make a choice between, let's say, 
the Uyghurs and a climate change deal or an Iran deal or saving Taiwan or something like that, because that's where the rubber meets the road. And I'm not saying it's a direct choice. I'm just trying to paint a picture for the audience here, which is that this is going to get worse before it gets better. So right now, I think they're doing a reasonably good job of sorting through the relationship. But, uh, you know, do they have the backbone? Well, I'm sure Jinping will test them soon. Yeah. Last thing to circle back where we started uh, about this investigation into the origins. Uh, Do you think that even if China doesn't cooperate, doesn't look like they will, the WHO fizzles out on its own investigation. Do you think that uh, it's going to take probably Republican control of one of the chambers um, to get to the bottom of what the U.S. did or didn't do uh, as far as funding research in Wuhan? You know, you're touching on something that's very true, which is that uh, no zero Democratic committee chairpersons have supported uh, the various Republican investigations into uh, the origins of the coronavirus. Uh, There's a blue dog coalition uh, of moderate Democrats that actually do want to look into it. And you'll see some like language here or there. But basically, until Democrats get on board with this, all of the agencies who are thwarting uh, congressional requests uh, will face no pressure and will have no incentive to play ball. And that's that's a shame. So, yes, I do think this will be a political issue. I think it's uh, uh, um, uh, there are a lot of Democrats that I talk to who are just waiting for the end of the 90 day review and then they're going to figure out what's what. But we can't just put the investigation on hold while uh, the Biden administration looks over its satellite images. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, You know, the longer we go without knowing how we got into this mess, the older the evidence gets, the farther away the people who know what happened gets. And uh, it all deteriorates. It gets harder. OK, and it doesn't help. So uh, I urge Republicans and Democrats, you know, pro-Trump people and anti-Trump people, uh, again, to put politics aside and uh, uh, join in a search for the truth and don't have any preconclusions one way or the other. And uh, if it turns out to be natural origin theory, well, then we've got to change our policies and our, uh, our our government in order to, to for that and if it turns out to be the lab or the, it looks like it could have been the lab, then we're going to have to reevaluate all of our policies with regard to scientific collaboration with China and how we do risky research. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be really tough to do that with the public's trust if we're still uh, yelling at each other in Senate hearings about what is gain of function research definition mean. That's not what's important. What's important is uh, preventing the next pandemic. I hear you. We're going to follow it uh, just along with you, Josh. Really appreciate your time following up that Washington Post uh, column today, which was really interesting. Josh Rogan, columnist with The Washington Post and author of Chaos Under Heaven, a great book. If you haven't read it, you should. Uh, This is a special edition of the All-Star Panel podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.